This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. on your Tuesday morning. Jalen and Daryl, morning two, and it's great to have you here, Chadville, on this short work week, uh, <laughs> assuming you got the Monday off. Yeah. And if you didn't, well, it's not short for you at all. Well, that is day two. We're just going along tickety-boo. And away we go, as we always do. We know that over the past uh, couple of years, certainly coming out of the pandemic, there's been a lot of talk about mental health, mm-hmm. mental health, and, and, and how people are... Uh, holding up these days, but when we take a closer look at uh, what mental health when it comes to kids, there's been some uh, studies that would suggest that um, almost 60% of parents reporting at least one of their children in their care have suffered from a deterioration in their mental health because of the pandemic. 25% saying their mental health is much worse. 34% saying their child's mental health is somewhat worse. Our next guest is saying, hey, we need to do more on this front. Uh, his name is Leif Gregerson. Recently did an opinion article in the in the Edmonton Journal and just talking about some of the things we need to take care of and specifically taking care of our kids. Leif joining us this morning. Good day, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, are we, I, I keep seeing funding announcement that there's more funding. We're going to be trying to deal with mental health. I know the Stollery Children's Hospital often talks about not just the physical health care, but the mental health care that they're, they're, they're focusing on. It seems like we're doing more, but you don't think we're doing enough? Um, well, I believe we're doing a lot. Um, one of the things is, is some, of the, some of the programs that are out there um, aren't uh, given given out to the public as much. Um, there's like just not awareness that, that they exist or what? Yeah. Um, well, there is, uh, you know, of course, there's the kids' help phone. I haven't seen many advertisements about that lately um, where a kid can call 1-800-668-6868 and talk to a counselor. And uh, I just think um, I just think a lot of kids need to be made aware of what's out there, how they can reach out. Um, to be to feel in a safe position to be able to reach out. I mean, it's not just the pandemic. Um, it's also, I think, one one of the things I think is contributes to the current state of mental health of children um, has to do with a lot of screen time uh, that kids are facing at younger and younger ages. And um, you know, I just think um, I just think uh, education is is the key to. Uh, solving that problem. Leaf, you have been a long-time mental health advocate. You have been uh, sharing your story uh, on this station. We've talked many times, um, yep. and uh, and I appreciate your honesty and uh, your, your willingness to, to talk and share that story. When it comes to how things have changed, how have they changed over the years? Are things getting better when it comes to mental health um, and the supports for children? We can talk about, you know, $50 million in new funding, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, are, are you seeing some gains? Um, well, one thing I do know is that when I go with the Schizophrenia Society to uh, Edmonton schools, um, I, I can talk for half an hour about my story. We talk about... Uh, the facts of mental health, 
And these kids are really responsive. I mean, you know, a lot of times uh, somebody goes to a to a, a class at a high school or something, and the kids aren't paying attention. They just want to get through the block to their <laughs> lunch break. Um, but these kids are really listening, and they're asking some great questions. And um, I just think um, talking about schizophrenia is great, but, you know, they we should also be talking about bipolar disorder or uh you know, body dysmorphic disorder and things like that. Uh, I know you've talked to, to Jalen before, but for some of our listeners might not be that familiar with your story. I'm not particularly familiar with your story. Can you give me just sort of a, an idea of, of, of what your background is, what your story is? Well, um, I first started experiencing mental health symptoms in uh, probably junior high and high school. And um, I, at the time I was diagnosed with as having bipolar disorder, uh, what I was suffering from the most was uh, sort of a, a severe depression, and I remember just not being able to talk to anybody about it. Um, uh, one of the one of the ways I would treat my depression was I would drink alcohol, and that would sort of loosen me up. But then it would sort of shoot me into that manic phase, and that would drive people away from me. And unfortunately, because I didn't get treatment, and there was treatment available, uh, my parents were. My parents got me help when I was 14, um, but because I didn't continue to take the medication, because I didn't feel that, I, I sort of thought, you know, I don't want to be a crazy person, I don't want to be stigmatized. I didn't accept the treatment, and it manifested itself later as uh, schizoaffective disorder, which is a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Well, and a great indication that if you don't have some kind of uh, interaction early, it can lead to, to much bigger problems down the road. And I guess that that's what you really want to focus on is that you can you can help kids in early stages before it gets too bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing to wrap your head around. Yeah. And, and one of the great things about the Schizophrenia Society is we've had instances where we've gone to schools and somebody has raised a hand and starts asking a lot of questions about mental health. And we've actually discovered that this person has a mental health issue, a serious one, and we were able to get them help. And um, I think it all comes down to to just having conversations about mental health. Um, I had a coworker who uh, lived in the 60s, and she said back then people didn't talk about cancer. (laughs) And when people started talking about cancer, there was more early detection, there was more fundraising for research and treatment and things like that. And I think this is something that needs to happen uh, with mental illness. We need to talk about it more and we need to get get it out there so uh, people don't don't feel so stigmatized and uh, and just not get the help they need. So, and Leif, I think one of the important aspects of having those conversations, though, is using uh, correct terminology uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to, to mental health and, um, and and how things are described, this is something that oh. you brought up in the opinion piece saying, you know what, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need to use proper language to, to describe what we're dealing with. Yeah, well, even even um, schizophrenia is often, the, the term is often misused. People, people will refer to people with schizophrenia as schizophrenics. And I sort of feel that's like calling a person an illness, like saying, oh, that person is an influenza or that person is a, is a cancer. And uh, I, think, I think a term we need to use is people with schizophrenia. And, um, but I even could take it one step further and say that I feel that the term schizophrenia needs to be changed. And uh, not, not so we can hide what the person has, but so that we can better describe it 
and um, just just have people not be as stigmatized as uh, you know schizophrenia. A lot of people think because of the the word schism is split that it's split personality, and it's not. It's not a personality disorder at all. Uh, schizophrenia is more of a split from reality, where a person has a, a false sense of uh, what's going on. Hmm. Uh, you know, we could put more funding into into programs, which probably would help, and I think probably, you know, would help. But it sounds mm-hmm. like uh, also part of the message is to continue to have these conversations so that at least yeah. you, you can you can get rid of the stigma and then access what programs there are. You know, maybe there aren't enough or maybe more needs to be done. But if mm-hmm. you if you don't have that conversation first, uh, then it doesn't matter how many programs you have because people won't be able to access them. They won't know about them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, thank you for starting that conversation or continuing that mm-hmm. conversation. What does success look like for you uh, down the road? Not just for you personally, but in the mental health oh, uh, sector. Right. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a lot a lot more funding going towards mental health counseling. Um, there is a wonderful program called Wellness Together Canada uh, where a person can call up and uh, get matched with a counselor. Um, I've actually tried contacting them uh, but about talking to somebody just sort of at a at a time when I was having just difficulties and uh, they were fully booked and they just didn't have anybody to talk to me and um, what I'd like to see is uh, sort of for in-person counseling going to see a psychologist I'd like to see that covered more by Alberta Healthcare uh, so people don't have the financial burden of you know just getting the basic help they really need Leif Gregerson, always appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning. Thanks, Jalen. Yep, take care. Leif Gregerson uh, checking in. You can read his opinion column in the Edmonton in the Edmonton Journal. We're going to be back in just a moment right here on This Morning. Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service with 24/7 emergency service, where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. So, my friends, I have an update for you. Okay, update. So, you might remember before I went away on uh, the old holidays, uh, I had an appointment to take my vehicle into the garage. Oh, yeah. oh yes, you had things to get. The, the, the headlight, the, head, so, uh, the dead thing, well, uh, maybe the winter tires. Yes. So, the, the headlight's fixed. Okay, perfect. The, the, the winter tires have uh, been removed. It's just in time to put them back yeah, on again. Did you make an appointment to come back next week I, to put them on? I, I made an appointment for October to put them on. So I was quite pleased with myself, Uh did that. And the smell? So the smell is still an issue. Hmm. Um, And I warned them, I'm like, Mark, when you get in there, if you're, because you had to work, they had a week to, uh, no rush, I'm gone Because you left it with them when you you took off. So here you go. The tires went there and it was great because the tires kind of, you know, masked the smell. And uh, they noticed it quite uh, dramatically when they when they got in there. They had the doors open for a little while. They put the tires on. Along the way, they also found a leak somewhere. They had to redo the new uh, bra- brake thing. So the brake thingy. You got yeah. the dreaded phone call. We found something. We found, we found some things, right? So you know, twelve hundred dollars <laughs> later. Oh yeah. Okay, but well, whatever. It needed to be done. It it's needed the cost to, to have a vehicle. But, but they still couldn't find. Smell. So they checked the uh, the cabin filter. They did, they checked- and he said, "There, you know, we found like little bits of 
whatever, but not animal stuff. Hmm. And they flushed all of that out, and so that's all been fine. Hmm. But I got into the car again this morning, and I'm like, it's, there's still a funk there. Sounds like it's time for a detailing. And that's so what I think. Yeah. Will a detailing work? Will that do it? I had hmm. I had a car many years ago, and I had some kind of hole in the floorboard, and the mat was all soaking wet, and hmm. it got moldy and mildewy oh. and everything, and... Uh, th- I had a smell. Then, then yeah. I cleaned the mats, changed the mats. Yeah, and the re- the really good, you know, good detailer will tear everything mm. apart, shampoo everything, and so it depends on what the source of the smell. Maybe you did have something that 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 poured or spilled into the carpet, and it's just been festering there. But you would think you'd be able to find that spot somewhere. So before we left, um, I found um, a bo- a jar of bone meal. Remember that? That had spilled in the back of my vehicle. And bone meal uh, is finely and coarsely ground animal bones and mm-hmm. slaughterhouse waste products. It's used when you're... Fertilizer. Fertilizing. Sounds when you're like using something spray. that could stink. Yeah, sounds and, like and, it. And, but I vacuumed it all up and I thought that that would help. And I don't know, maybe it got into the, the, the area. And, I don't know. This sounds gross, but have you actually gone straight nose to carpet yes. and smelled different sections yes. of your car? And I have haven't found it yet. Huh. So that's on the to-do list again today. Do the dogs ride in the backseat of no. the car? Ever? No. It's a mystery. It's just a weird funk. Dogs won't it's get a, in the car. It stinks too much. It's a, it's a weird <laughs> funk. Yeah. Jim, you know, coach is like, nah, that doesn't sound like a dead, it doesn't smell like a decay of a hmm. dead thing. It just sounds, smells like a funk. At first I thought it was maybe some coffee that got spilt. But I can't find that either. So I, I'd go full detailing next. That'd be my next choice. Okay. That's because who knows? And but unless you can find the source, you kind of hooped. So mm. that's just the next step. That won't cost you very much. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs>